You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning back into Shy Sox Weekly. Today is episode 11 brought to you by White Sox Nation and Wegern Enterprises. I am John Suarez, joined by my co-host, Tony Marchese, and a lot more people. Tony, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing well, John, as always. Who do we got on today, John? Tony, we got a good portion of the Sox on 35th on today. Sox on 35th is a uh, pretty well-known Twitter slash Facebook slash Instagram, a social media personality that uh, covers the going on of the Chicago White Sox. Uh, Today we got Johnny Nani, we got Jordan Lazowski, and we got Joe Binder. How are you guys doing today? Good, good. Good to be on. Can't complain. We're doing well. Thanks for having us. Yeah, of course. Well, we're uh, we're just a few. Well, it's about an hour now past another White Sox winner. How you guys feeling about the Sox taking two in a row from Cleveland? Any you guys, you guys. Yeah, anybody can jump guys. in. I mean, <laughs> you guys don't sound excited. Honestly, don't edit that out. So, anyways, I am excited <laughs> about the White Sox winning because that sets us up for another opportunity to win a series against a first place team. Which, as a team that's right around twenty games under five hundred, you can't get mad at that. How about you guys? I love it. I was there last night, uh, Tuesday night at the game. That was a good win, and tonight was another good start by Kobe. So I'm pumped. Love it. Jordan, I know you love it because you have all the haters on Twitter going at you. You're the director of morale, so you have to be positive, and this is a perfect way for you to bash all the people who claim this to be the worst White Sox team ever. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's getting more satisfying to see less and less hateful tweets. And, uh, I mean, the biggest thing is seeing a competitive team. I'm not going to gloat too much as someone who's say, saying, I'm to- I told you so, but uh, I told you so. <laughs> Well, that's always good to hear coming from the director of morale. <laughs> like I said, and I think a bunch of guys have said this too, it's like you knew for a little bit you'd see a little bit more bad baseball, and then they'd turn it around eventually. This team was not that bad, and they're proving it now. Well, the other thing that they've been dealing with constantly so far this year are injuries. I mean, look at look at some of the names that went down. I mean, even if Avigasail Garcia didn't now to do what he did last year, he's still a good bat in the lineup. The guy's got some speed. He plays better defense than any of the other outfield options, maybe outside of Engle than we've seen so far this year. That Nicky Delmonico went down. Uh, you know, just some some prominent bats that we had last year in the lineup that really helped us along. And so far, those guys aren't here, and we're dealing with people like you know. Charlie Tilson. I know Daniel Palka's kind of stepped it up a little bit. He's been a little bit of a surprise, but God, the defense is just absolutely terrible. Uh, so it's not the same Sox team that you're going to see through the rest of this year when some of these guys get healthy. Oh, it's not even close to that same team. And the days you have Trace Thompson and Adam Angle in the same lineup, you know you're in a little bit of trouble. But you also realize that's not what it's going to be. And the funny thing is, I remember a few years back when we traded Thompson, I was pretty upset about it because we traded Thompson for, for in the Frazier deal. And I was like, oh, I can't believe we just let him go, yada, yada, yada. And now it's like, oh, my God, I can't wait for him to leave. 
Yeah, I was I was shocked by how many people were like genuinely excited on White Sox Twitter about you know uh, Trace Thompson coming back. All right, Tyler Saladino wasn't great, but he's a good clubhouse guy. I liked him enough to where I know we the need was in the outfield, but. Holy shit, Trace Thompson. Come on, guys. He is not that good. All right, I want everybody to lay off for a second because if it wasn't for Trace Thompson, we would not have the best White Sox moment of this season. And that's Yomer Sanchez pouring that Gatorade bottle all over himself. <laughs> so if there's anything that came out of the out of Trace Thompson coming back to the White Sox, it's the wonderful the best gif on Twitter the, right now. The wonderful gif of Yomer Sanchez pouring that Gatorade bottle all over himself. And I'm pretty sure he's got a T-shirt now with a picture of himself doing that that says, keep it fun. So Yeah, that, I want that's that great. T-shirt. Yeah, I would too. I'm right, surprised, so I they're, I'm surprised my, they're not selling it. I ate my words a little bit because I was shitting all over him, you know, as soon as we got him back. And then I was at that game, and I took a video of the Trace Thompson walk-off, and it pained me. To, not pained me. I loved seeing it. But I had to tweet, Trace Thompson with the walk-off, hashtag Sox win. I always, you know, my regular video that I always take it for the last out of each win. And, uh, I mean, I was glad to do it, but then I was like, fuck, like I was the one that was shitting all over him. So that's how it goes. So, so, uh, somebody's cracking something over there. Is yeah. That, so we had talked John? about it. Uh, yeah, that's John over here. What are you drinking? Just on, John? Myself in the third shout it out. Shout it out for the one Oh wait, let's shout it out for the one Oh wait. What are you drinking? tonight? So I just, I actually went out and specifically got Modelo cans for this episode so that I could crack one open and you could hear it so that we could insinuate the drinking live you're not visualizing me drinking but me cracking it made you feel like you opened a beer with me did it not did it did oh yeah oh yeah on that note cheers i don't know if any of you guys are drinking i know i saw johnny had a nice little he's got the koozie here in there koozie right there baby five dollars baby there it is let's 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 get let's get into that a little bit uh this this one's gonna go for joe joe why don't you give us a little background for all our listeners uh, about socks on 35th what you guys do some of the merchandise that you guys have that that koozie looks really fucking sweet let's tell everybody about that let's let everybody know how you can get a hold of one of those all right so for the koozie if you see johnny out at the ballpark he has a bunch of them yeah there they are for you who are listening you can't see it of course but we see it on the skype call we can johnny see it has, johnny has a nice amount of koozies left they are five dollars a piece on the front it has socks on 35th our logo on the back, it has South Side or Die. Beautiful koozie. You have to have it at the ballpark. Five bucks. So just find Johnny. You can DM him on Twitter or Instagram. It's one of those. It's a great thing to have. And then for other merchandise, like our T-shirts, you can go on the Socks on 35th website. Click on the store option. That'll redirect you to the Red Bubble website, I think. And it should have all of our T-shirt designs on there, and you can purchase that. And then just some background on the page, what we do is we have a blog, so we have posts weekly pretty much. We'll have numerous posts every week. We try to do interviews with players. Some of the coaches will try to get a coach or two. We have people down in the minor league system, like we just interviewed one of the broadcasters for the Winston-Salem Dash. Jordan did that. And we'll post these blog posts on our Twitter, our Facebook. We'll try to advertise it on Instagram so you can check it out. So you can always be on the lookout for that. And then throughout the games, we'll be live tweeting and trying to post some fun content for all the fans out there. So like you said, fun content. Um, we 
we're talking a little bit before we went on air. Um, graphics is kind of what catches my eye when I'm on Twitter, um, period. Whether it's a nice little picture with someone's stat line on the bottom line, whether it's a cool little video you put together with some audio in the background, you know, that's key and that's a focal point and uh, pursue. Uh, can't even think of the word I'm looking for, but to pushing yourself on social media. And uh, we kind of got wanted to get a little bit of a background on your graphics guy, because what many people might not know is the graphic designer for Saxon 35th is only 16 years old, and he is incredible at what he does. Yeah, he's crazy talented. Brandon Anderson, he goes by Bsun4, I believe, on Twitter. So it was probably, I think it was just a little bit over a year ago, he messaged the page. And he said, hey, can I contribute to this page with my edits? And I responded, sure thing. We'd love to see some of your work and possibly use them. And then he said, okay, I'll send some. And little did I know what kind of graphics he would be sending my way. And he sends two. One is a Carlos Rodon graphic. The other is of Tim Anderson. And you would think this is done by a professional. And sometimes, like even in our group chat, we'll be chatting. And it's like, you don't even remember that. 16 years old because you see his work that he does and it seems like he's probably our age if not older because his skill level is just through the roof it's like i can't believe it every time he'll be like hey i have a new graphic design can you check it out to see if you like it it's like i can guarantee that i'm gonna like it <laughs> so it's just like maybe once a week he'll send something to me and it's just like holy shit like how do you do this it's just constantly he just keeps on improving and i don't know how he does it all right, we love that the filter's starting to come off for the Sox on 35th, guys. The drinks are flowing. We've got the swear words flowing. <laughs> yeah, so we have Brandon. We have him. He pushes out all the graphics with the players. Uh, during the game, I'll try to throw a stat line on the bottom of a picture from the game of the pitcher. So I do that graphic. I try to do starting lineups if I can. And then we also have the final score. At the end of games, I'll try to put something together real quick, and we'll post that on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. So, so you guys are also lot, you guys are also doing a little competition thing that uh, that I our 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 guy John right over here <laughs> is on the leaderboard of top of the leaderboard, top of the leaderboard. Why I think that's guys... just because you use the same edit, but I'm gonna take it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> too lazy to make it. Down, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not shuffling that one up. <laughs> But well, you probably were the closest because you included the pitch count for our guest the line competition. So, we'll yeah, keep so you for those top. of you that don't know, um, Sox on 35th for the last uh, couple games, and we were talking about it for a little bit longer. They're going to be doing this guess the line um, leaderboard type deal where you guess the pitcher's line, um, the innings pitched, amount of hits, walks, um, strikeouts, earned runs, you know. I think what pushed me across the edge was mine was like almost ideal. Tony thinks that it wasn't even close, which I was like, dude, it was literally like almost spot on. I was just trying to give you a little bit of shit because it was your birthday and you were riding high. And <laughs> I get this text. I get this text from John. He's like, "Did you see? I won this competition." I'm like, "Dude, you weren't even close. There was probably like three people that that did this, and you were just, you know." I dissected near. the shit out of it. I was like, "No, dude, I had the pitch count, like the earned runs and the actual runs he gave up were pretty close." Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so that's a nice little thing that you guys do. So you know they interact quite frequently with their listeners and they put out good content. So let's get a little bit of individual background on you guys. And we'll start with Johnny. Johnny, tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. So I went to university of Illinois. Um, I was broadcast journalism major and I've been a diehard white Sox fan all my life. My grandpa 
was the biggest Sox fan I've ever known. My dad is a huge White Sox fan. Uh, we were all together at the 2005 AJ drop third strike game in uh, the ALCS, and that was just unbelievable. Um, you know, just memories that stick in your mind forever and make you want to keep coming back to the ballpark. Um, but my dad and I, we have a 40-game uh, season ticket plan. So we're out at the ballpark a lot. I've been to almost all of the ones, all the games that we have. Um, and I run the Instagram for Sox on 35th, so that's just such a blast. I get to, you know, post videos from the game, pictures from the game. Uh, whenever I go up and sit in Tri Sox Bar, I'll, you know, throw them a shout out. You know, Modelo, like yesterday, Modelo tastes better at Tri Sox Bar. Hashtag facts only. I mean, shit like that. I love it. Um, and then I also do, when, after we have a podcast, I, uh, I'll add it like a little video together, like just like a minute long, like a little teaser. So, you know, people, like a podcast can be, our podcasts are between 30 minutes and an hour. You know, some people don't always have time to, you know, sit down and listen to it. But if they get a little taste of it, then that might incline them to come back and listen to it later. So that's, that's what I do for the page. And then I also design the koozies. I just love that saying, it's South Side or Die, baby. I mean, fuck the Cubs. So, yeah, there we go. Um, yeah. So that, that's my background. Love the White Sox. So since you designed the koozies or yeah, the koozies, maybe we got a Kobe koozie coming in the making. Oh, we could. I mean, I, this website that I had, that I found is just, I literally searched, uh, custom two-sided koozie and then was able to, you know, throw our logo in and then add text for the South Sider die. But yeah, we're going to, I think we're going to have a cruising with Kobe. You said that with a straight face, but I think that's awesome. <laughs> that you just Googled it up and just... I did. It's just the truth. Same with the flag that I got in the background here. I just Googled literally like custom flag with your own logo on it. Yeah. So for yeah. those of you, um, obviously, that you all can't see, but Johnny has this awesome Socks on 35th flag that he has hanging on his wall. That I don't. Do you guys sell that in your store? No. So actually, that was a one-time shot. Um we were prepping for our tailgate. We had our first tailgate back on May 23rd when the Sox played the Orioles. And I was like, we need something to mark our spot. Like people need to be able to come and like see us and know that it's us. And we'd been thinking about, cause I have like with that 40 game plan, I have a uh, parking pass as well. So on game, sometimes I'll take the train up to the game, but when on games, when I drive and I'm out there tailgating, I have a little like, you know, uh, mobile like flagpole. I'll just put up on my car and then, if, if you ever if you're ever at the ballpark walking through lot B and you see the black Sox on 35th flag, come and stop by, man. I I don't care. I love interacting with fans. It's great to just you know get a presence outside the ballpark because it's something you can't do at Wrigley. The bars are fun up there, but you can't tailgate for shit. So did did I just hear that he goes to the bars at Wrigley? No, no, no. I said that's one thing that makes the Sox games unique. You can't tailgate <laughs> outside Wrigley. The bars out like Wrigleyville bars, sure. There's some cool places. But you can't tell you, you can't have a event like Sox Mafia. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just not not the same vibe. And we got to, uh, you know, we're going to be good coming up here. So we got to amp it up. All right. We're just we're just making sure. That's all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Who wants to go next? Uh, who wants to go next between uh, Joe and Jordan? Joe, go ahead. Oh, thanks, Jordan. Well, I am currently a student at Seton Hall University in New Jersey. So for those listening in Illinois, you're probably wondering what the hell is this kid doing in New Jersey. But I am the rare Sox fan on the East Coast. I am originally from PA. And I got into the Sox right around their playoff run. So I was on a Little League team called the White Sox. 
and naturally I'm just going to follow that team. So, of course, they went on their crazy 2005 run, and that's when I started following. And ever since, I've been a diehard fan. I try to catch them whenever they're nearby. So I've seen them in Baltimore almost every single year since 2006 onward. I've seen them play in Pittsburgh. I've seen them play up here in New York. So I've seen them all along the East Coast pretty much. And it's just been a lot of fun following this team. And just being able to run this page, it's been kind of crazy to see how much of a following we have and how it keeps on increasing. So I'm the guy who puts out the tweets. I manage the website, the Facebook. I pretty much put all the posts on there. And then, of course, Johnny has the Instagram. And Brandon shoots some graphics over my way. I'll put them on Twitter, send them to Johnny for him to post. We've got a nice little system going right now, so can't complain. And then, of course, we have Jordan. He is our main blog writer. He's always putting his ideas out there. Are you going to steal his thunder? Are you going to introduce him for him? Oh, yeah. Now, coming up to bat, Jordan Lazowski. <laughs> he was you, in the Joe. hole the whole time. The, hey, Joe, you need the Gene Honda voice. Yeah, no, I was going to white socks. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, but I currently am a student at Notre Dame. I'm a math and economics major, so I'm a big Ooh. numbers nerd. So, And I will... Gladly admit it. Is this the it first? Right is this the first numbers nerd that we've had on the podcast, John? Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think back. Well, we we did have Davy Metrics on the pod. Davy Metrics, baby. Okay. There you go. But yeah, big numbers nerd. Um, right around oh five oh six time, I remember I was sitting around. My mom was asking me something about baseball, and she was curious how I started knowing so much. And it was like right after 05, I started getting real serious into baseball. And I'm 5'9", 150 on a good day, and none of that's muscle. So eventually you got to learn that playing baseball is not for you. Uh, I'm not saying I've learned that yet, but we're still you trying. You hey, could have filled hey. out to be the next Nick Magic. I was oh, going to say. <laughs> selling yourself short. We only, made it, it, we only made it under 20 minutes before we brought up Nick Madrigal and his height. Come on, we had there a you go. seven MVP last year, right? That's five, true. Six, whatever the hell he is. <laughs> um, Smart man's game. Exactly. But There's still hope for you. You know, I like to think so. We'll but regardless, I think I've kind of gone down the path of being more of a blog writer, numbers guy type thing. Baseball's been a great way to do what I love without playing the game. And... uh like Joe said, I do most the mostly blog writing. I tried doing a graphic once, uh, spent like three, four hours on it, and it was like a five-year-old made it. It was terrible. I thought it was good, and then did I saw surface. No, what Joe? It was. I did like um, the lineup Joe puts out. I did like one, just like, hey, I don't know how much time you have, but here's like a template to make. And he's like, okay, I kind of haven't. He was so nice about not telling me it sucked. <laughs> but then he put his out. I'm like, why didn't you just tell me mine sucked? Sort of yeah. a thing. Yeah, so I stick to blog writing, and uh, I'm just glad to be able to do what I love with this group. Do you, Great by group. chance, still have that edit? I think I do. Joe Shaker. I would his, love, I would love yeah, to just take a minute clip of this exact moment of this podcast right now and put that on twitter with that edit as the oh. picture <laughs> oh, we got it we got we it. can make that happen let's make it happen as long it's as jordan bad. is fine with it going public oh, and then just fine. a picture of jordan looking real sad at the end i'm sure you guys got one of those like <laughs> you can dig one up oh it was it was bad so yep and then no, but you said it was your first time using photoshop right 
you first and probably last. Yeah. <laughs> it, it wasn't terrible for a person's first time using Photoshop. Okay. That's why. Fair that's enough. why I was nice about it. Okay. Because if I tried my first time, it'd probably look even worse. So I mean, he put some nice thought and effort into it. That's what counts. So thought that counts. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, I decided that experiment went so well that I was going to stick to blog writing. <laughs> nice. So we we brought up our first round draft pick, and we kind of went over this on our last episode with Clinton Cole uh, from Future Sox. But uh, let's get your guys' take on, on what you what you think of how the Sox fared in the draft. I like the pick. I I think the biggest thing for me was I was torn between India and Madrigal going into it. I knew I didn't want them to draft Singer simply because I didn't feel like the Sox needed a top arm that badly. I still believe our system is weakest when it comes to its hitters. And that's saying something because there are some real quality hitters in our system. But I felt that if we could get an impact bat like that, where it's the best hitter in the draft, it seems like he could be a sure thing. If not, at least you tried. Um, but between India and Madrigal, I would have been happy either way. And again, I said it before, there's nothing against Singer. It just, I felt we had too much pitching depth to really make such an important pick go to a pitcher. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a huge draft guy. I'm not going to sit around and, you know, talk about these guys that I've never seen play. Like, I, you know, know them like the back of my hand. But, no, I was satisfied with the uh, magical pick. I was in the same boat as Jordan. I just was not not crazy about Singer and the little bit of research that I did on him. Uh, Jordan made a good point, you know, of college pitchers' arms that have that many innings on him wearing out quicker, stuff like that. So, I was satisfied with the magical pick, but... We took some fucking awesome names. Steel Walker, Gunner Troutwine. We talked about this on our last podcast, but Gunner Troutwine yep. is like the most country boy name ever. I absolutely love it. And then Steel Walker, first name Steel. Another one. <laughs> love it. So, yeah, and, overall, and, I think they did well. My, right there, my time, only complaint was. We got a timeout. We got a timeout. We need to announce this. It looks like John has left. For bathroom John's break, still one. here. I am going to bathroom break with Mike, so we'll figure that out when I get back. Sebi Zavala train's going nuts. It's just, this is pause time. I will be right back. Am I good to keep going? I got a couple more thoughts on this. No, you can, you can keep going. I just needed okay. to, I, I, we need to keep a running tally on this show. <laughs> yeah, obviously you already set a line on it, so we got to keep Yeah, that. you got to um, keep tallies. Right. This is official, official Chai Sox Weekly business. But my only complaint with the draft, getting back to that, um, I'm a big Illinois guy. I went to U of I, so I'm a little biased in this regard. But we took Connor Pilkington in the third round, which is great. He's a good lefty arm. I like him. He's got a really high floor. But I would have loved to see us take Bren Spillane, third baseman from Illinois, who went the pick after to the Reds, because I've watched him a lot this year. I watched a lot of Illini baseball, went to a few games. And that kid can just mash. He is unbelievable. He won the – Big Ten, Triple Crown. He's a finalist for Golden Spikes, which is the uh, National Collegiate Player of the Year. So that would have been, if I was you know, part of the front office, that would have been, I would have at least put my two cents in for him. Um, but other than that, I was satisfied with the White Sox draft. Yeah, same here. I love the magical pick. I mean, like Jordan, I was kind of going down the list of uh, draftees, and I was like, okay, it's going to be Nick Madrigal or India as my favorites because – like you said with Singer, I feel like we didn't really need another pitcher in our farm system. Of course, pitching is always nice, but I really wanted the bat that Madrigal had. and I think he's going to be a great fit with the White Sox. I mean, he can play all over the infield, so 
people are worrying about what's going to happen with him since Anderson is at short, Makata is at second. But that's going to play out over time, and we'll worry about it once it's time for him to get here on the south side of Chicago. We traded our only uh, middle infield depth, like worthwhile prospect in uh, Jake Peters. So I, I have no problem with adding at that position. Whatever. If you have a log jam there later, that's a great problem to have. Who says exactly. they're all going to pan out? Though? Yeah, exactly. Hey. Hey. hey there, we got another crack going on. That was and a double John, crack right there. Yeah, John, John is back. John and Johnny cracking beers. There we go. So, <laughs> John, John, I just want to bring this up for you. Um, Next time you take a bathroom break, you may want to mute your microphones. Did you hear me pissing? Yes. <laughs> Violently. We, we even have the toilet flush in here. That, that beef loaf's going to love it. Oh, God. <clears throat> All right. Are you, did you pause? No, we've been recording the whole time. Okay. So I'll let you bring so, it in. John, what are your thoughts on well, the topic that we're we just, currently talking about? Uh... I missed it all. I know you were talking about Nick Madrigal, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. So um, I am on record, as we stated in the last podcast, that I love that pick. Uh, Missing a keyword in there, but I feel like I've sworn enough in the last couple minutes, so we're going to tone it down. (laughs) But uh, so I don't know. I feel like obviously it was between Singer and Madrigal. I I had gone on uh, Sean and Maya in the morning, which is this radio talk show that uh, I've I've been I've appeared on it twice now, and they kind of talk like Chicago sports and whatnot. And, um, that was a humble brag right there. That was, yeah. So I had said, like, uh, I had basically said, like, it's really down between Madrigal and Singer. And I really think it's going to be Madrigal. And the only reason I thought it was going to be Madrigal was because we're not going to get Casey Mize. And I just really thought that there was kind of a drop-off between Singer and Mize. Not even in my eyes. Like Joe said, I don't watch these guys. I mean, I did watch the Casey Mize-Brady Singer head-to-head last week. I don't know if you guys caught that. It was a great freaking game. But I don't know. I really just thought that like with the prospect grades and everything that I was seeing and like the ta- like the mock drafts and everything, that the Sox were either going to go between, like he said, India or Magical. They weren't going to go with an arm. And that was pretty apparent. Obviously, it pissed Clinton off a little bit and maybe a couple other people out there. And like you said, watch Singer and Mize light us up for years to come. But they got to worry about filling four other slots in there and beating us for a division championship. So I'm not too worried about it. I think Madrigal has a good amount of potential. Like like a lot of people said, this draft was kind of weak in terms of top-of-the-end talent. So, I mean, I guess we'll see. There's always going to be that one dude that was drafted in like the 14th round that's going to be an all-star for 10 years. So we'll see. And I mean, here's the thing, too. Singer didn't go fifth. He went 18th. He did. So he dropped some, a lot. Somewhere in there, there, there was an issue that maybe if we don't, or we don't get to hear it because teams don't announce it, there was an issue with Singer. Not, he was not accidentally passed by 14 other teams. Yep, there and was, I, I brought that up last week, too. six or seven pitchers drafted between Mize and Singer. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, you, I brought that up last week, too. There's got to be something that was either in his makeup or something that something that is not going to get said, obviously, to any of us. But uh, there was something with him that really made teams pass on him because there's no way a guy falls like that when he was expected on all these mock drafts to go so high. And there were plenty of pitchers who weren't even, like, best available guys that were still getting drafted before him, especially those early mid round or early mid pick first round guys. I, I couldn't believe how far he fell. 
which makes it, which again adds to the theory that something's wrong with the dude, which is unfortunate, but it is what it is. Yeah, so we're going to switch gears a little bit here. As John has mentioned earlier, it's going to be a big weekend for White Sox Twitter. Now, there's a couple different I heard events. you say that in your little periscope yesterday. Yeah, it is going to be a big weekend. Huge. So let's get into what's going on this weekend for everybody. Obviously, we're going to drop this podcast, a nice little combination between Sox on 35th and Chi Sox Weekly. Then I think you guys are running a tailgate. You want to tell us a little bit about the tailgate that you're running? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we have a tailgate with Sox Mafia, sponsored by Schnick's Pub. We're going to be setting up in Lot V at 11 a.m. on Saturday. That's uh, June 16th, 110 game time, so tailgate about two hours before. Um, But, yeah, Sox Mafia is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Last year I went to one of them, and a guy chugged it like went around and got like a potluck of everybody's beer and chugged it out of his prosthetic leg. And then of course they were breaking tables and all that shit. So, I mean, so it's just going to be wild. Borderline it's be a wild time. I was in the one Oh eight last night talking to those guys when I was at the game and they said they're going to stop by, um, before the game to the tailgate. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's going to be a great time. Everyone should come out to Loppy 11 AM on Saturday. John, are we going to see you chug beer out of a prosthetic leg? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you might. Depends on how I'm feeling. So I am about 50-50 on going to the game on Saturday. Um, I don't believe Tony's going to make it. Can we we'll can we pencil you in for a maybe? Well, we still have me at a maybe. I'm not quite sure what's going on yet this Saturday. We're going to pencil obli- Tony in as a maybe. I've got obligations. As we discussed last week with Clinton... You gotta, you gotta take care of what you gotta take care of. Balance. Although Balance. this is a very big weekend. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah. So there's gonna be a lot of stuff going on this weekend. Um, obviously, like they said, they got the Sox Mafia, Sox on 35th, um, kind of collab tailgate, and then they're doing that whole shindig at Shinix Pub. That's what you guys should say. I feel like that would flow. The yeah, shindig so at Shinix. Shinix. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Shindig at Shinix. After the game, yeah. Come out to Shinix for a few drinks. But oh, we also I have... the pronunciation, my bad. Yeah, no, it's all good. We have another event, too. Um, Jordan's going to be... I'm going to Shinix right after, so if you want to follow me there, um, you can come there, and then I'll be there for a little while. But then the 108 and Sox Machine, they are doing their meetup and roundtable discussion at the Ballpark Pub in Bridgeport. And Jordan's going to be there, so he'll be the first one on the site there from Sox on 35th. But we had a similar style discussion uh, back in January. There's During Sox Fest weekend on that Friday night, we had a uh, meetup and roundtable at Baderbrow, RIP in peace. Um, but, yeah, so it's going to be, if you were at that or saw anything from that, it's going to be similar to that, but at Ballpark Pub, Bridgeport. I'm worried about how much I'm going to have to defend myself and my director of morale for the White Sox rebuild role here. I'm a little concerned about what's going to be happening there. But I'm excited. At least the Sox are playing good baseball right now. I think yeah. you should be I think you yeah. should be somewhat okay, especially if they Yeah, I'd be in a lot more trouble if it was 9 and 27 still right now. <laughs> Yeah, so at that uh, Sox Fest after party roundtable, we had a question that was, I was a rep for Sox on 35th that night, and we had a question that was, what, you know, under the radar prospect do you think could make an impact this year? 
And I said Charlie Tilson. I was just about left off the stage. But look who's actually healthy. Look who hit an RBI triple to break the tie tonight. And everyone else said Ryan Cordell. And guess where he is? On the DL. So suck it. Cordell was Cordell was a John pick, if I remember correctly. He was. I was a Cordell we, guy. I might have to pull the tape on it, but John was a big Cordell guy when we first started all this. Well, you act like if he wasn't hurt, he wouldn't be on the fucking ball club right no, now. No, I'm, I'm just I give him shit because I was, like I said, they just like laughed at it. And understandably so, because Charlie Tilson's had so many injury problems in the past and, you know, missed about two seasons worth. He's Doesn't the local that, guy. But, hey, when when you have a little bit of clout, you got to be able to flaunt it. So, I There you go. <laughs> That well, was the humble. See, everybody's got to bust out. Everybody's got to get a humble point. brag. Yeah. Do we got a humble everybody brag from Joe? Do we get a humble brag from Joe? Yeah. So Joe didn't even mention it when he introduced himself. But you're the creator of Socks on Thirty Fifth, aren't you? I am. So that can be my humble brag for the podcast. And so. I and I humbly bragged for you. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> it. Of course. Man, we're stealing Jordan, all the one hundred eight content you? here. <laughs> Those are our guys. It's all love. Although I am on my fourth beer, and uh, Beef Loaf predicted the over on my bathroom breaks, and depending on he's how much longer hit, we record, he's going to hit. He's going to hit. He's going to hit it. We're only about a half hour into this, so we're we're only at about the halfway mark. Um, I'm pretty sure that he's going to hit. Absolutely positive, he's going to hit. So one of the things, John, that we haven't done in a while is I haven't gone off on somebody. I think I need yeah, to so bust we, out. Uh, I think we kind of wanted to introduce this. Uh, yeah, we wanted to introduce this segment. We never really did. <laughs> so we, uh, Tony, at the beginning of Shy Sox Weekly, would go on these little tangents, which he still does. But we kind of documented them, and this dude would go off on like I remember one time you went off on Carson Fulmer. He came out and he had the only good start of the year. And then like the other time you went off on what was it Adam Engel and like Yoan Mankata or something and like I think Tim I've, Anderson yep. whatever whatever it may have been the next time they go out and play they just kill it so like we were start we started thinking like he's a superstitious guy I'm not too big on superstition but I was like dude we should just start going off on people that are sucking and that's when they'll turn the corner is when our podcast that has minimal listeners <laughs> people hear it and. The person that is playing, like whether it may be Adam Angle or Carson Fulmer, definitely doesn't listen. But we like to pretend that they listen. It kind of gets in their head, and that's what they play on the way to the ballpark, and then they do well. So, Tony, who are you going off on this week? I want everybody to round table here. Who do you think I'm about to go off on? Lucas Giolito. We've already got a winner. Yeah. So yeah, let's 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 talk about Lucas Giolito because this is. This is not what we want out of Lucas Giolito. Can everybody agree that this is not the Lucas Giolito that we want right now? Agreed. I want end of 2017 Lucas Giolito back. Where is he? Where is that guy? Because right now, right now, coming into this year, you expected Lucas Giolito to be the guy in this rotation. Maybe you thought, okay, Reynaldo Lopez, he 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 brings something to the table. But I'm also on record saying that that guy's going to end up in the bullpen. So far, that I, I do not look like I'm going to end up winning on that argument that he's going to end up in the bullpen because he's been lights out. But Lucas Giolito was the guy that was talked about to be the ace of this staff going into this year. There was a debate of whether or not he should start opening day. What has he done this year? The guy's got a 7.09 ERA. He looks absolutely terrible on the mound. He, 
White Sox Dave brought this up when he was on our podcast that the guy is mentally weak, you know, in his own head, swimming laps in his own head, not being able to put it together mentally. And I agree with that. There's something obviously wrong here. Do we send him down? I don't know. I, I heard something the other day. I, I forget where I read it from. That one of the reasons that they're not going to send him down is the fact that he only has one option left. I was so, just going to say that. That's yeah. probably about the only thing keeping him. So that's probably the only thing that's keeping him here. And I asked White Sox Dave when he was on our podcast, how much of this do you put on Don Cooper? And his answer was none. That Lucas Giolito just sucks. I don't know if I exactly agree with that statement because Lucas Giolito has had talent. He's proven it. Look at look at how he finished last year. But it's a confidence thing with him. We we talked about this with Yon Mankata and him being a number one prospect. And Lucas Giolito was a number one prospect as well. So those, those carry high expectations. But Lucas Giolito has been absolute garbage this year. He he can't put it together, and I'm sick of watching Lucas Giolito starts. Is anybody getting excited these days for Lucas Giolito starts? Johnny, Joe, Jordan, anybody get excited to watch not, Lucas not Giolito pitch? Uh, <laughs> no, can't say that I am. No. no the, the director of Morale. The no, director of Morale <laughs> even says that he's not getting excited to watch Lucas Giolito pitch. You gotta get me pumped, my guy. Let Let me preface this by saying, back when. I've never fully bought into Giolito, just my own, me thinking I'm a pitching coach and thinking I understand mechanics of a major league pitcher and uh, thinking, okay, his stride is too short for as tall as he is, yada, yada, yada. Um, back in the Machado talks this winter, when we really thought Machado might come to the White Sox, I was 100% on board for Giolito being the start of that those trade talks. Again, he's someone who is completely in his own head. This is a dead horse we're beating this poor guy at this point but he's in his own head and there's nothing you can really do except find a way to pitch through it do you know how many times i had to beat the carson fulmer horse before carson fulmer disappeared (laughs) i have some sort of love for carson fulmer that doesn't go away even as he's still struggling in triple a i can't wait to see him again i don't know what my issue is here (laughs) i I really I'm going to have to crack think... another beer after that. Steve. You're going to want us to edit that <laughs> hey, out, but we refuse. Jordan, I've, I've been guilty of it, too. I mean, I obviously understand the reality of the situation, but I don't know. I just root for the guy. I, I don't know. Like you said, it's some love that just, I don't know, it doesn't go away. But... It's completely irrational. I just love the Same. dude. I, yeah, it's absolutely irrational. I agree, but that's just, it is what it is. It's time for a Bears talk of the week. I tried to love Shay McClellan. For a very Jesus long Christ. time, and he didn't pan out. It so. happens. You find a guy you really like, and you get attached to him. <laughs> that just pissed no Tony reason. all the way off. Tony, you gonna edit that out? No, no, <laughs> not at all. I heard the oh Jesus under your breath. You know, can we make it one week? Just one week. No bears. Just one week and no bears. Okay. You'd prefer it be Blackhawks. Yeah. Hawks. I could talk Hawks all night. I could I could do Hawks weekly. But that that guy over there, my co-host John does not watch hockey. I'll, yeah. do, I'll, I'll yeah. do uh Blackhawks weekly with you, Tony. There you go. See, look at we're we're branching out here. I fucking love hockey. I don't get me wrong. I know this is a White Sox podcast and whatever. White <laughs> Sox are probably my favorite team that I'm like most loyal to. But hockey as a sport is just my favorite one to watch. So oh, it's congrats to the Cubs and Ovi. 
the Caps and Ovi and winning the Stanley Cup. Love it. He yep. has been on one hell of a bender. Yeah, that has been incredible to watch. Yeah, the last silver moment was when he raised the cup over his head. That's a fucking champion right there. Yeah, it is. You don't see Sidney Crosby doing that shit. Sidney Crosby. Oh, I could go days on Sidney Crosby and how much All I right, despise so, that. Guy. And that was and that was hockey talk on. Yeah, Sox we, we can cut it off there. I, I just <laughs> I, I had to get my word in because I love the Hawks and I love hockey. All right, we're going to kind of transition gears and actually talk about the Chicago White Sox for a little bit. So we kind of touched on Dylan Covey a little bit earlier. Um, Let's maybe ask them – we're kind of spitballing here, guys. We're not even going to lie to you. Let's ask them – so me and Tony were actually texting earlier, and we wanted to come up with like a little segment. And uh, I said we should make a little spinoff. What was it, Tony? Cut one, start one, sit one? I think so. Okay. We're going to rattle off three names for you guys, and you got to tell us what you would do, whether you would cut them, start them, or sit them, which I guess doesn't really make sense, but we're going to see if it makes sense in it's the end. It's not going right, to play. So. It's not going to play very well. It's not going to play? We're just going to cut it right there? <laughs> we'll probably cut it right there, because I don't think that's going to play, because you can't go... I mean, yeah, we go three pitchers. Well, that's true. Well, we don't ha- We don't even have to go three pitchers. We could literally yeah, they got to go in the same position. Okay, well, we could easily do that with, like, Adam and Thompson, yeah, let's Charlie. Go with, let's yeah. do it with the outfielders. Yeah, so uncut that. I hope you don't edit that out <laughs> for, <laughs> for them proving you wrong. All right, so, yeah, Charlie Tillerson, Adam Engel, Trace Thompson. Go. That's hard. Cut Trace Thompson, start uh, Charlie Tillerson, bench Adam Engel. He's a Tillerson guy. I'm picking up on that. He's a Tillerson guy. I'm going the same exact thing as he is. Uh, I'm pretty much done seeing Trace Thompson. No reason that Trace Thompson needs to be in this lineup. Where is Avi comes where, back, no reason at all. Where's Michael Saunders, dude? That's what I've been wondering. Yeah, I haven't heard a thing on him. I don't know how he's doing in AAA. Either. Can we get a stat I check? Thought, Let's get a stat check on Michael Saunders. Stat check. Stat I thought check as time. soon as we signed that, or so I saw that signing, I'm like, all right, no more Trace Thompson type deal, but... It's, I mean, it's not a, it's not great. It's not an absolutely great option, but I mean, it's I it's would something rather, different. Yes, it's something different, and I would rather watch that than a Trace Thompson start. All right, I mean, let's I, stop talking about Michael Saunders because he's currently hitting 152 in AAA. Oh, so. that's exactly why we don't have him. <laughs> that's why we don't have Perfect. Wait, but didn't they also sign uh, Alex Tony Presley? Alex Presley, how's he doing? Stat check. Stat check. Stat this check. is why we need a stat guy. If you're a stat guy and can look up stats. Like immediately, please reach out to Shy Sox Weekly. We're in desperate need of a stack guy, apparently. Alex Presley, 179. Okay, so we're going to keep them in the minors. Probably release them after this year or just not renew them. I don't really know what their contracts are looking like. But this goes back to the same thing. And I, I don't know why we really haven't brought this guy up on our podcast at all. Eloy Jimenez. And you got into a good conversation when you were on Sean and Maya, John about Eloy and why Eloy isn't here. And there really wasn't a good answer. And I know we Whoa. all talk about and go back to Rick Hahn saying he needs to develop, but the guy is murdering double-A pitching. So why is he not in triple-A? I'm That's interested to see what Sox on phenomenal question. Has to, what more does he have to prove there? Like, really, is there anything else that he needs to prove? I still um, am a firm believer in the, the idea that Somewhere along the line, this guy needs to fail a little bit. Because if you don't learn how to fail, you're in trouble once you get to the major league level 
and you face Trevor Bauer for the first time or Corey Kluber for the first time. You you can mash your way through double A AA and triple A, but somewhere along the line I think the Sox would like to see him go through some sort of a slump where maybe he's not seeing the ball great or timing's a little bit off and I'm a firm believer in that because otherwise you get guys like Gordon Beckham who come up and the first time they experience failure is at the major league level and they can't get themselves out of it. That I think that's the biggest part of it. I can see where you're going with that. I can see where you want him to fail and you want him to come out of that struggle. But I don't think that's going to happen for this guy at AA. I think he's more developed than AA. And mind you, he's I'm pretty sure he's young for double a i think i think i saw yeah. something that he is yeah. young for double a yeah but if he's at this rate we're what two months into the double a season and he's yet to go through a real slump i don't think that that slump's gonna come over the next month just just looking at the track record here i don't think that's gonna happen so you want to see him get challenged you want to see him right. go into that slump Let's raise the bar just a little bit higher. Let's put him in AAA and see if he struggles. And I would argue that if you want to see him go through that struggle, throw him in there against Trevor Bauer. Make him see that. Make him struggle at the major league level. He's got options. Send him back down to the minors if it's not panning out. But why are we going to waste our time watching him mash AA and then going to AAA and probably doing the exact same thing. If you want to put him through that real grind and see him struggle, can't he do that at the major league level right now? There's not really any other names out there that are, I mean, we've already talked about how crappy this outfield cast that we have here on the south side is. Let him let him struggle here. Get him in front of Ricky Renteria. Let Ricky solve that problem. I, I, I would argue that that development could take place at AAA or at the major league level at this point in time. Yeah. Hey, Tony, I, you know, I agree with you. I think it's, you know, almost overdue that it's time for a promotion, but this may be a shitty reason. People may be pissed off at it, hearing it, but I honestly think that um, they want to let him play in the double A all-star game before he is moved up to even triple A. So there was just a tweet the other day when Han finally uh, faced the media and uh, said that he will for sure have a stop in Charlotte before he comes up to the major leagues. Um, I feel like they may be even delaying that until that double-A All-Star game, which I believe is on uh, June 19th. But, I mean, so hopefully hopefully it's soon, and it's a shit. I, I hate it, but it could it could be a reason. I'm just offering a possible, you know, explanation for why the fuck he's still in double-A. Yeah, that that's perfectly valid. I could see that. I mean, you want to give the guy the, the honor of playing in that All-Star game. Uh, it's not like rushing him up here at the same point in time is going to win the White Sox any more ball games and put them closer to contention. Uh, so there really is, I guess there's really no reason to have him on the major league roster from a standpoint of it's going to help the White Sox. I just think right. that his development at this point in time is past double A to where he needs to be challenged. And I don't think he's going to get that in double A, maybe triple A, but the majors obviously I think would be a challenge for him at this point. 
So uh, Johnny was talking about that kind of media release where Rick Hahn had stated that he's got to get to AAA and all that uh, good stuff. Um, in that same media release, he had said that a lot of the guys aren't moving up in the system right now because he wants them to be able to compete as a team for that like first half playoff push. I don't know if like a lot. I don't know if our listeners know, but the minor leagues um, up until AAA, I think it's every single level, like uh, high, low, A, double A. They split their season into two parts. <clears throat> it's like the first half of the season and the second half. And if you are the best team in the first half of the season, you clinch a playoff spot, which is weird, but it happens. So I think what he's trying to do, I mean, the Barons, it's not really a good excuse. Like you said, it's probably the all-star game thing because the Barons are like six games out and they can't even clinch their spot. But the Winston-Salem Dash and Kannapolis are both, I think, in first place right now. So that's why you're not seeing a lot of these guys moving up like Eloy and um, not, not even like the Copex and Eloys, but like more so like the Micro Adolfos and the Basaves. Like you're not seeing these guys move up quite yet because they're trying to put together something special and get this other team to a playoff. I'm not even going to lie, Tony. I haven't seen your video the whole call, and for some reason you just randomly appeared. Same here. Yeah. You know what? I just realized that when I rejoined the call, I never restarted my video. <laughs> he put a picture on Twitter of us like recording and you weren't in yeah, it. That's exactly yeah, sorry, I, and you I know what? That's exactly you. how yeah. I noticed. That's exactly how I noticed. Right now I'm scrolling through Twitter. I'm like, <laughs> how the hell did I not get dropped in that picture? Freedom. And then I'm like, well, whatever. Oh wait, my video's not on. Hey guys, what's up? Yeah, I only I only had four windows before, but now you're in there too. So but yeah, that's basically where I'm at with that. That's where like it's where the White Sox are at with that. It's not where I'm at with that, but yeah. And once you bring him up, you want him to stay there. I don't want to see them send Jimenez back down. Same thing with Kopech. I don't want to see either of those guys be sent back down. Um, I'd rather them be up, stay up, because otherwise you have that issue. Now let's go back to the fan base, and you bring him up and back down. God, are these two guys busts? And I don't think that's the sort of tone they want to set either. Well, look at what look at what Yon's gone through. Look at the look at the hyper focus that White Sox Twitter has put on a guy like Yon Moncada through right. the first half of this year. And is it justified? Imagine, Maybe, but you don't want to see that happen over and over again. Yeah, and then imagine the hyper focus you put on these guys, maybe a Kopech or Jimenez, if they come up, struggle a little bit, and then get sent back down. Now imagine what happens. Moncada's still doing fine, but the hyper or the focus is consistently on him. Now all it would do is transition it to someone else, and we're making the same problem again. And that's the last thing I want as the head of Sox on 35th Twitter, because I get DMs every single day. Should we be worried about Moncada? <laughs> it drives me nuts. It's like, I don't know. You should, you, not, you should not have said that. And John's you, laughing about this. You just sparked you just, something there, my you guy. Just, <laughs> you just set yourself up. And we've told this story many a we time. We are sending them all your way. But, <laughs> but I got myself in a little bit of trouble on opening day uh, with Chuck Garfine uh, for an ill-timed are we worried about Mankata tweet? Uh, but <laughs> out of all the fucking are we worried about Mankata tweets, Chuck Garfine picks this one. God, to respond Literally, to, to yep. respond to. <laughs> you know, this, these I'm, were the I'm 80 firm, followers days. Like this was not. I'm, I'm a firm good. believer in any press is good press. So we'll take it. At that point in time, we took it, and uh, 
the funniest part about it, guys, and, and I don't know if you've you've heard this before, but it was the most sarcastic. Are you worried about Moncada tweet? Yeah, there, there needs to be like a sarcasm tag for tweets because yeah. I a lot of my dialect is just straight like sarcasm. I feel like if like some people like see like the shit that I like like or like something on Twitter, it's like. Not because I like agree with that, but it's like because I thought it was funny and it's you know in a sarcastic way. But you know, yeah, likes and retweets don't mean you agree with it. it just means exactly. it's funny at some points. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, so that's going to kind of bring us to our next question that we kind of ask all of our guests essentially until they get called up. When do you think Kopech and Eloy are going to get called up? I think it'll be a similar timeline to, like, last year, Moncada, like, mid-July. So I'd imagine that for Kopech, and then poss- probably a little bit later in, like, mid-August for Eloy, because Han obviously said that he wants him to have a triple-A stint. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I everyone wants to see him up sooner, but I think realistically uh, mid-end July for Kopech and mid-late August for uh Eloy. As a uh, Eloy Jimenez fantasy baseball owner, I wanted him about yesterday. But, yeah, same sim- similar timeline. Early, mid-August for Eloy. Sooner than later for Kopech. If you watch videos of him pitching down there, it doesn't look like it's fun for him. I think it's about time for him to come up and work through some of the things at the major league level, so... I'll stick with the same timeline, July-ish for Kopech. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with that as well. I think Eloy, he's up in August, probably the latter portion of August. And then for Kopech, I would really like to see him here in early July. But I I don't know if I'd be too surprised if the team waits until after the All-Star break. It, It really depends on how he performs in the minor leagues. I mean, he's already killing it, but... He's had, like, some struggles, so that might keep him down there just a little bit longer. But, I mean, he's honestly, in my opinion, he's ready to come up and try to face his challenges at the major league level. So I'm actually going to jump in here. I've got I've got two things to bring up. Uh, number one, you mentioned fantasy baseball, and I'm going to touch on that in a second. Uh, first thing I think, though, as far as their timelines, it's going to be post-trade deadline. I don't think that they're going to be here until they clear some way on the roster for both of these guys. If you look in the outfield, I don't really think that there's any trade options. Avisel Garcia would have been the guy that would have left to bring Eloy up, in my opinion. Had he been healthy this year and actually producing, he would have been the guy that you traded, you flipped for some lottery ticket pieces or maybe a mid-range prospect, and then you bring Eloy up to fill that spot. That's not going to happen. But for Kopech, you're going to need to clear a spot in the rotation. Now, you got to hope that somebody takes James Shields, uh, and that'll open up a spot. Because I don't think there's really any other guy that's sitting in the rotation right now that's going to be traded. Uh, if you look at Covey, I think you let him finish out and stay in the rotation as long as he stays hot. Uh, they've already demoted Santiago out of it. We've already touched on Giolito. He's not going anywhere. you got Lopez in there. Uh has anybody heard about what's going on with Miguel Gonzalez? I don't know. I don't think I followed that, but sixty day DL, sixty yeah. day DL. Maybe yeah. he comes back towards the end of the year and grabs a few more spot starts or becomes a long reliever. But they need to clear room in the rotation for Kopech. So I think it's going to hinge on moving James Shields. Now for 
Eloy, you're going to need to clear a roster spot. So if somebody's not producing, you can call him up. But I could potentially theoretically see a, a scenario where Eloy actually finishes this year in AAA and doesn't make his way up to the White Sox. Uh, I know none of us want to hear that. That's just my take on it. Um, if he was going to move, and like we've already discussed, if he was going to move, he's got to stop at AAA, and we need a spot for him. Although I want to see him on the south side at the end of this year, I'm kind of skeptical at this point of whether or not that's actually going to happen. Now, Jordan actually touched on the fact that he owns Eloy. I own both Kopech and Eloy, and I might be in a little Jeez. bit of a different spot than you. Uh, I actually have Moncada too. I'm in last place right now, and both of those guys are sitting in my minor league system. So if they burn their rookie eligibility, use them as keepers. If they actually keep their rookie eligibility heading into next year, I could theoretically roll into the year with 10 keepers. So I'm actually on the side of, for at least my fantasy baseball side of things, hoping that they keep them out until around September where I can actually secure that spot. Now, the other thing I wanted to bring up, and John, I mentioned this this to you earlier on uh, when we were texting shy Sox weekly is going to launch a fantasy baseball league next year and we want to have at least one representative from all the big white Sox twitter groups in this fantasy baseball league and, and you can man the, f- the team together like you can I mean, man the if team you together like john like and i are going to co-own yep john and i are going to co-own this the shy Sox weekly team and our first invite is going out to the guys at Sox on 35th, and we're hoping that you're going to join this league. We're going to see if we oh, can yeah. get the guys from the 108 and a few other of the other uh, big Twitter groups, and we're going to run a fantasy baseball league next year. What do you guys think about that? I'm in. For sure. I love it. I have Jordan as a manager. I've been historically <laughs> trash at fantasy, but I can offer a couple <laughs> insights here and there. So, yeah, John and I are working out some of the back-end stuff to this and how we want to run this as far as stats and how we want to do it weekly, daily type stuff might be a weekly league just to keep keep it easy for everybody to manage but uh shy Sox weekly fantasy baseball league is going to be coming in 2019 i like it as the founder of Sox on 35th i would like to announce now that jordan is our manager i'll be a bench coach with johnny <laughs> so i trust jordan i have complete faith in him so thank Joe, you there was your humble brag we were waiting on you. <laughs> <laughs> there it is I thought he got. I thought you humble bragged for him earlier. I did, but that was him. Like that was him coming out of his shell. Yeah, that was the official humble brag of Joe. Official Biden. humble brag, and we're still waiting on yours and Jordan. So, come on, man. I I don't need to humble brag about anything today. You can humbly brag about your last place fantasy team that our listeners probably don't care about. No, nobody cares about my last place fantasy <laughs> baseball team. And you know what? If Yon Mankata didn't strike out so much, I probably wouldn't be in last place. Well, when you were explaining that, I'm glad you brought up that they're like in your minor league team because I was going to be like, no shit, you're in last place. You got two dudes that are in AAA on your team. <laughs> like, I didn't know what you were talking about for a second. No, no. We get a minor league team, and yeah. uh, we get two guys, and we get to carry them over every and year as long as, as they don't said, burn their rookie eligibility. As you said, there, there's a lot of stuff that we're going to have to explain to not only our listeners but our current guests about the Fantasy Baseball League. So look out for that in the future. Well, let's let the guys at, uh, at Sox on 35th close this out for us. Yeah, so fan engagement. Um, I know the 108 has been a big proponent of it, but I am too now that I'm at the ballpark 40 times a year. 
get out and watch this team. Go out, spend money on beers at the ballpark, buy the cheapest seat that you can if you're not going to get a plan or anything. Come in, and you can always just find lower level. Half the time on weeknights, anyway, they close off the upper level, and you can just come down and sit in the 100 level. But go buy beers, pad Rick Hahn's wallet so we can sign some nice free agents when it's time to be competitive. And there's nothing better than just a night at the ballpark. I mean, you're with Sox fans. Like, you're talking about this with the 108 last night. Even if you're going to a game by yourself, there's going to be people there that you can meet up with and talk with. And all you got to do is just send out a tweet, you know, to the 108. I'm here. I'm 108. I'm blah, 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 this and that. And you can go and find people to talk to. So get out to the ballpark would be my message to White Sox fans. Absolutely. Those guys are some of the most approachable guys ever. Uh, Like you said, you're out there all the time. Uh, I try and make it out there as much as I can. I know John does as well. Send out a tweet. Let people know that you're out there. Yeah, if you ever see the Sox on 35th flag, um, usually in Lot B, if you ever see it out there, come and just say hi. Put Say your Twitter handle so I can put some faces to names, and I promise we'll have a good time. Well, you can come and sit with me, whatever. It, just get out to the ballpark. That's, that's all I have to say. Yeah, and for any fans who go out to the games, feel free to tag us on Twitter. We'll always retweet it because we like to see everyone out there, and... It's always cool just to engage with the fans on social media, whatever platform we use. So always like tag us, uh, start a conversation with us because that's what makes White Sox Twitter so great, and that's why we have some of the best fans because it, everyone's pretty much friends out there. Like Johnny, you're with the 108. I mean, everyone knows them by this point because they're one of the great groups that White Sox have. So, I mean, just make yourself known and always talk to us when we're out at the ballpark. Instagram DMs are open. Just tag us in any post that you have. You can DM it to me, whatever. I'll repost it, throw it on our story, whatever. We'll, you know, we'll we'll take care of it. It's we're family as White Sox fans. And hey, if 280 characters isn't enough to yell at me, you get to do it in person at the ballpark. Sounds good. All right. Well, we can't thank you guys enough for coming on. You know, you helped us promote this and you really helped boost us. So we hope that we get to see you guys on Saturday and um, hopefully we can have you guys on again sometime and maybe we'll see you in that fantasy baseball league. Hey, thanks for having us. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Hope you guys had a good time tonight. Let's close it out, John. Go Sox. All right. Go Sox, guys. Go Sox. Go Go Sox, Sox, gentlemen.